Craig DeRoche, CEO and President of Family Policy Alliance. If you listen, the narrative pushed by the mainstream media, you, you, you think there are just a few people out there who are against transgender interventions, surgeries, and then drugs for kids. In some cases, as young as, uh, you know, we're hearing 11, 13 years old, maybe even younger than that. And they, they're they thinking the people opposed to this are all from the same cloth. But the coalition pushing back against these transgender operations and surgeries and, and uh, uh, life-altering drugs is much broader than the media wants you to see. And today I get to introduce you to someone that's part of that broader coalition, one of our, what you might think is an unlikely ally for Family Policy Alliance to work with, but um, very involved. We agree very strongly on this issue. Uh, his name is Mario Presents, and he is a director of chapters for gays against groomers and i can tell you right off the bat mario and i would not see eye to eye and everything but we do want to protect kids from these interventions we agree our organizations agree and therefore we work together i'll tell you a story about working together like that later in the interview we are so glad you're enjoying conversations with craig your experience doesn't have to stop here to stay connected with other listeners, hear about current events affecting your family, and to share pictures and videos with your friends, follow Family Policy Alliance on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes, and we'll see you online. It's a privilege to be with you, and your organization describes itself as opposing the indoctrination sexualization and medicalization of children under the guise of LGBTQIA+. Welcome, Mario. It's a privilege to be with you today. Thank you very much for having me, Craig. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, so, you know, tell us your story. I'm, I'm going to kind of walk you from, like, passion first of, of, of how you got involved, but I, then I want to hear some of the practical stuff. So yeah. let's start with, you know, how did you become aware of this? And, and, um, and then when did you, you know, first of all, you become aware of something, but you're like, I don't know if that's a problem or not. So my right. first question is, when did you become aware of it? And when did you say, hey, wait a second, this isn't right. I might actually need to speak up. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. The first inkling that I had that there was something wrong in Rome was I saw a video on MSNBC because I like to flip between channels and they anchor, a news anchor said, we have to get over this notion that children belong to their parents. Children don't belong to their parents. They belong to the whole community. And when we start realizing that children belong to the community, we make better community decisions. That sent red flags and chills down my spine because I said, this is wrong. Children do not belong to the community. Children belong to their parents. It does sometimes take a community to raise a child, but there are people in this community that I don't want anywhere near any children, let alone my children if I were to have them. So that's what spurred me into making a video, just pulling out my phone and being, hey, I got to say this thing to an ether out there that you know, hopefully listened. And I did that for many, many years. And about 2019, I decided, well, you know what, it's the blogging and the videos are not really going anywhere, but I really want to make sure that I continue this mission. So I decided to step out from behind the screen. I went ahead and visited um, different people with different uh, opposing views. Um, and I found a niche in activism, I guess you could say, um, going out onto the street corner and saying, Hey, this is wrong. Hey, this is right. Hey, let's put in this, this drop, this pill in the, in the, in the bucket so that everybody else can start seeing what I see because 
the reason I'm out here is because there's something rotten in Rome. And for years and years and years, the media and everyone went, this is a character we don't want anywhere near our, our, our audience because this character could literally throw a wrench in everything that they've been doing because he doesn't fit the normal stereotype. He's saying things that are against the counter against, against the culture. And they did everything they possibly could to suppress me, hide me. And when gays against groomers came on the scene and said, Hey, we'd love for you to help us. I said, Sure, I have no problem helping you. I can do what I normally do, which is going to school boards, going to city council meetings, going on the streets, um, engaging with people on the ground. They said, be all, be my guest. And I said, great, let me build a team. So I started building teams to do this. Um, and now we've become an effective ground force for parents around the world who say, I just want to protect my child. And I need a, a rational voice from your community to say, hey, leave my kids alone. Let the parents parent. Um, and that's really all these people want. You know, I'm so taken with what you just said, Mario. Thank you for sharing that. Because what you just said is this issue. I, I, you wouldn't know this of me. I'm a former Speaker of the House and Minority Leader in Michigan and, and um, involved in public policy. And, and, and I've had a life of highs and, and very cringeworthy lows, right? You know, the, the people that, that have looked at the different things I've done. And as I've tried to mature and I've tried to live my life differently, all I've found from other people is they've done the same thing just differently. You know what I mean? Like as me, in other words, I'm a human being and so are they, right? You know, and, and but we don't want to hear from people's experience, right? You know, like if you talk to people about what they think is right and wrong with, with things that I've lived through, they say, we don't want to hear from you. We want to hear from the doctor who treated you and the judge that, you know, and the, you know, your nanny or whoever, you know, it was the, the psychologist, the prison guard, you know, uh, they know what's best for you. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe I should be able to use my experience to help other people because I have a concern as a, as a member, you know, with some experience in that. And I think that's what you've been doing, right? So tell us about your organization, uh, Gays Against Groomers. Did did you create that or did you join something that was already going and where are you based out of and what is, um, you know, what is this organization uh, yeah. um, working to achieve right now? Yeah. So Gays Against Groomers is an organization. It's a coalition of LGB and T people. Um, we are concerned with the medicalization, sterilization, and sexualization of minors. We see it everywhere. Um, we see libs of TikTok posting videos of young girls dancing for an audience, um, trying to emulate these drag queens. And we're saying, this is a problem. This is a cultural issue. This is actually making us look bad. So we're fighting it and saying, we need to say something because if we don't say anything, this radical LGBT community is going to literally poison the well of innocence of our youth. Um, they're doing it when it comes to how you feel saying, you know, if you're a, a girl who's ma more masculine, you might just be a boy trapped in the wrong body. And they're convincing them to medicalize themselves and sterilize themselves and produce these, have these, these medical interventions to make them feel good about themselves when that has never come from an exterior thing, at least not when I grow up, not when anybody else that I've ever known grows up that internal, that self strength, that, 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 affirmation can only come from in here. It doesn't come from how you look. And that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to 
teach parents to have these conversations with these kids because the schools are having them. The schools are doing their best to get between the parents and the children so that they can have these conversations. And then they point them to organizations like Trevor Space, Trevor Project, that are supposed to be a safe space for LGBT people. But when we did our deep dive, we found nothing but predators. We found no protections for anyone under the age of 18. And if you wanted to be in that group, all you had to do was say that, hey, I'm under 18. You fill out, you click a couple of things. And before you know it, you're in that group having conversations with underage people who are posting in this group on a public forum. I'm 14 and I'm looking for a mature boyfriend. I'm 13 and I'm looking for a boyfriend. I live in this city. That's dangerous. And our schools are directing our kids to that. We need to sound an alarm. That's huge, by the way. I, you know, listen, now, now we're going back into some of my experience here because I got called a whole bunch of names. Uh, uh, my first bill, actually, when I was in the legislature was to uh, say the teachers should have background checks. Not all the time, you know what I mean? But like occasionally, you know, like on a rotation uh, every two or three years, you know, good housekeeping seal. And everybody said I was phobic. I was full of fear. I was trying to hurt people. I was trying to kill no, I wasn't. I, I It didn't have any teeth to it. It just said that the school district should be aware, you know what I mean, of of of, uh, of their people. And, and uh, when it passed, I got I got so much abuse, Mario. This is my encouragement for you as we go through this interview. I got so much abuse. I got called so many names. But after we ran those, we won. Uh, Jennifer Granholm was our governor. She signed it. And, and um, they ran the test. They found 13 active pedophiles that were pursuing kids and they had all sought these jobs like after school detention, one-on-one -on -one counselor with uh, special needs kids, autistic kids, you know, where they were getting these private, 13, you know, active, and the, the parents, the other teachers all wrote me letters saying that they appreciate it because they don't want to be in an environment where it, it hurts their career. It casts dispersions. And, and that's really what the, the makeup of gays um, against groomers is, is, is people yeah. with the life experience of living either, uh, you know, gay or lesbian, uh, bisexual lifestyle that say we disagree with this ideology. And in this environment, it's, it's fascinating to me, Mario, because it seems both the Republicans and the Democrat parties want you to be doctrinaire. You have to agree to their whole suite of things. You can't, you got to fit into their narrative. There's no room for nuances. That's what I've been, that, it's funny because that's what I've been arguing over the last 24 hours. There's no room for nuances with far right or far left. And I take this very middle road and I say, we have to look at nuances. We just say, you know what? We're a little bit different. We deserve respect, but we're not a threat to you. And if anything, we are your greatest allies because we have anecdotal data and that is the most important type of data. Anecdotal data is actual data that you see in real life and you have, to, when you want to use a scientific theory, you need to take that anecdotal data and either prove it or disprove it. We see the anecdotal data. This community is a very bad place for children. It's not safe. It's not safe for adults. There are people who get killed on Grindr. There are people who are sexually abused um, at some of these pride events or the Folsom Street Fair. And when they wake up and they go, oh my God, what did I do? I'm glad I'm still alive. Those people are now the people in our group saying, wait a second, by the grace of God, I'm still alive after all the terrible things and awful things that I that other people think that I did and maybe I did do, but this is not a place for kids. And that's what they're doing. They're out there saying, 
I know this community. I see the dangers of it. The last place you want to do thing you want to do is put children in that. You you start doing these things to protect people, and people start judging you, and they and they start coming at you. And I'm sure you've experienced this when you testify, and they they start calling you names. So could you tell me a little bit about you know you you've done some testimony. Our our organization works on this is where we align, right? So we may disagree on several issues, but then the legislature calls order and says we're going to talk about this bill, either letting transgender surgeries and prescriptions without even a doctor or your parents involved or in other states where they're saying we're going to ban it is mm-hmm. it seems to be the two activities that are going on and we're there testifying and you're there testifying and we're we're, we're for different reasons we both support the same outcome right, right. And, and so tell our audience what that's like for you uh, as a person that is just you know came in here out of your passion project to try to help people in COVID, which then you learned about something that you could speak into about transgender uh, uh, policy that you said, wait a second, I, I, I can help there. And yeah. now you've done, done you've, you've gone out there and you've seen all sorts of stripes of politicians around the country, haven't you? T- tell our audience what you've experienced. Oh my gosh. So when I was in Nebraska, actually, I shared a elevator with the, one of the opponents of this uh, do no harm bill or let them grow bill. Actually, it was, you know, to prevent um, these puberty blockers and these medicalization of people under the age of 19 in Nebraska, because the age of adult is 19 in Nebraska. Um, and I shared an elevator with this person. He happened to be an open homosexual and there, you could cut the tension with the knife. And as that person left, I said, Oh, hi, you know, my name is Mario presents. Would you like a card? And they were no, no, no. And they ran away and only to be seen later at the press conference with the ACLU with their friends aside, around them. Um, I could see that they don't want to hear my voice because my voice is extremely important. Um, what I got listening to the opposition was it's all emotional. It's, you know, you, you hate trans people, you hate trans children, you hate this, you hate that. And it's, it, that's not what I, I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. I just want to protect people from unnecessary medicalization and sterilization. I myself have had medical procedures as a child. Um, I know what child medicine is when you have to go under the knife multiple times over the course of your, your, your childhood before you even hit puberty. You know, it does affect you in the classroom. It affects you in your relationships. And the last thing we need is to put that child who's been affect, affected by their health issues at the front and center, which is exactly what they're doing. And when I tell them that, they go, well, well, we have to make sure that they understand who these people are. I'm sorry, I'm not going to put a diabetic child in front of the classroom and have an entire discussion about what diabetes is and why we can't ha- let Susie have sugar anymore. That's not okay. But we're doing this for trans, we're doing this for gender nonconformity, when instead just let them be. And this is why I go out and I speak. And when I speak, all I get is hate from the far left, hate from the far right. Mario, that's really powerful what you just said. And, and that's why you and I are talking. I'm not saying give me a gold sticker, a cookie or something like that for catching this. But your humanity, that you, as far as I know, you and I have the same size hopes and dreams for ourselves, our lives, our family, our children and things like that. And you're reminding people of that. And you're reminding people that kids, more than us, people of a certain age, you know, that got to experience our childhood are being manipulated. And this isn't about information. This isn't about history. 
you know what I mean, or availability of resources, this become like an aggressive, you know, sales pitch, like the same problem that people would have if I came in and said in the school district, I want to tell people, it took me till I was 39, more than 20 years of addiction before Jesus was my solution. And he was instantly powerful spiritual experience. If I went in and tried to tell that to kindergarten and third graders in California, let's do the reverse of what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. And I said that to Gavin Newsom, I want to go and bear witness to Jesus being the answer. I think all sorts of people would have a problem with me doing that. But, and, and that's why you have a problem here. They're coming in and saying they have the answer, change your gender. And that, yes. that and, you know, and they're selling it. it. That's what's I going on, right? I need to interrupt you, but I have an example in California of a woke mother who is not part of the LGBTQ community, who is injecting this LGBTQ curriculum into the entire district because their child started identifying as trans at 18 months because their 18 month old child wanted to wear nail polish and do pretty things like his older sister. And that was the ticket. Hey, my child is transgender. Now they've pushed their way into, you know, the school board, the, the LGBT director of the school district. And now that child is going out to the other schools to teach them about transgenderism. This is a person who's not part of my community, literally injecting their religion into your community. And it's so, so harmful, so misguided. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of having three kids and I, and I know how misguided I was when I was a youth. Mario, we'll send you a copy of my memoir, but uh, um, a lot of people it. in our audience have read it. We're with Mario Presents. Uh, he's with the organization Gays Against Groomers. And we're talking about the work of our organizations together because we don't agree on everything. In fact, yeah. we're, we don't agree on many things, but on, on um, fighting this uh, policy of medicalizing, sexualizing, and indoctrinating children, we are both very strong voices. We show up to the same fights and we work uh, with each other to uh, protect children. Children are under attack. Um, we've always struggled with that, you know, with the, the counseling and the support that we get in the school. I'm sure you and I could swap our own personal stories. And we also hear the horror stories. And I, I, that's part of this, Mario, is who thought that that would be a good place? After the advice that, that you and I and every other human being that went to school in America in the last 50 years, that uh, they would actually be able to make calls like this. Uh, but here we are. And, and that's what you and Gays Against Groomers are pushing against. You're, you're, you're with us today. Um, it's been it's been a slog. You're enduring it. I wanted our audience to hear that, right? Because our audience um, sometimes we can think it's just it's just the Christian right conservatives that are getting called names, and it, it it's the hard slog. And I'm taking here as we're we're talking about this issue um, too is is, is it, it's a similar fight, you know that 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 you guys are, are are trying to do, and that's why we're trying to say this on the show that a lot of our listeners, Mario, would say. Um, why are you talking to Mario yeah. if, if he doesn't have a similar relationship with Jesus Christ that you have, Craig, which, which oh. is uh, share some, you know, it's all custom, but similarities yeah. in your practices to my own. Mario doesn't have that. Why is he on here? And that's what I'm trying to say is, listen, kids are worth fighting for Mario. This is a big deal. This is not a small deal. You know, for our listeners, Sweden and the UK were 10 years ahead of us in buying into the lie that this might help be a magical cure for teenage suicide and problems. And they did this, they medicalize, they sexualize. They're calling this child abuse now. 
they are calling this child. They, they are investigating people that are in these things in Sweden, <laughs> of all places, Mario. And you're trying to get in front of this and fight. So, I mean, gosh, if this happened in a in a in a dusty corner somewhere, it would clearly affect thousands of people. But when you have the president and the Senate and all these governors doing it, there could be hundreds of thousands of children's lives hurt before America wakes up to this and says, what on earth were we thinking with these experiments? And that's what you're out there as a warrior. So all that is, I just wanted to orient our audience there, Mario, with why we're talking about this, why it's important. And uh, I just want to wrap up with, with you giving some encouragement because you're out there uh, slugging around right now and, and and we're reading all these things, but give us some encouragement from your view are we going to win this fight? Are people going to see this for what it is in the next couple of years, 10 years? or The fight is already won, my friend. I, I honestly believe the fight has already been won. And the reason I say this is because I'm a huge history buff. I love looking into history. And one of the first things I did when I joined Gays Against Boomers was to look at the historical precedent. Um, the, the far left wants to say that this is helpful, this is healthy, you know, Sweden and UK are a model. Well, they want to ignore the fact that Thailand, Thailand over here, they already fought this fight. They fought this fight 13 years ago and they passed a law protecting young people from medicalization, indoctrination and sterilization. No one under the age of 18 in Thailand is allowed to have any sort of gender affirming care whatsoever in the country. And if you want to have gender affirming care, because Thailand has the number two most populous number of transgender individuals in the entire world, they said, if you want to go through this, you must have a regular check with an endocrinologist because we're not just giving you pills out of a vending machine. We're going to have a psychologist review you okay, for at least two years before we start this process. And you're going to be monitored continuously even after this process is finished. If you're 18 to 20, you have to have the support of your family because they knew that psychologists agreed that if you don't have the support of your family, we are going to have a big problem and we're gonna have detransitioners on our hand. This is Thailand of all places. By the time you turn 21, you know, you're, you're seen as an adult, you can make your own decisions and that's on you. But they put very, very stringent protections of family involvement, doctor visits and continuing care for anyone wanting one of these processes. This battle has already been won, but the other side doesn't want to even look at it because it goes counter all the things that they're saying, just let them do what they feel. They're going to know what's best for them. No, they don't. This is why we have doctors. This is why we have psychologists. This is why we support our own children and our communities. Well, I confess to you, Mario, I thought it was best when I was in junior high school to have hard drugs and alcohol in my locker. And that's in my memoir. I'm not shocking any of our audience right now when I say that. It's how I got my way to Jesus Christ was by falling and, and, and he saved me. But that started when I was very young. And I think it'd be wildly irresponsible for me to say that other seventh graders from my own personal experience are competent to make decisions as adults from my own personal experience. So, and it seems medical science is backing that up, that maybe they can't, uh, maybe that I was not unique that I, that, that in, in my poor decision-making when I was in seventh grade. So we're here together. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you today, Mario. Thank you for being on our show uh, uh, um, and for all the work you do. We'll see you out there uh, on the road. It's a privilege to work with uh, you, Mario Presents, and Gays Against Groomers. 
Uh, I'm Craig DeRoche. I'm the president of CL Family Policy Alliance. Uh, folks all over the world, this is our Help Not Harm campaign. This is really one of the biggest things happening in American politics right now at the local and state level is protecting children from radical gender ideology, the, the surgeries, uh, the medications that, that, that do irreversible harm uh, to our children. And states, one after the next, are passing protections for children in America. Guess where that started in America? It, it started in 2019 at Family Policy Alliance in our Idaho uh, uh, state at the time. And uh, it's grown into something where J.K. Rowling and, and uh, uh, Dave Chappelle and, and Bill Maher and so many people talk about, but we need you involved. We need you plugged in. Every single one of these children's lives is worth fighting for. And that's what we're trying to do. And we thank you for your support and helping us do that. We thank you to Mario and the folks at Gays Against Groomers for being with us today. And we look forward to talking to you all real soon. Conversations with Craig is brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.